speaking on a hymn today. Now, we all know um, this hymn, um, Joy to the World. You know that one, don't you? Um, hopefully, we'll sing it at the end, but um, you know this hymn. Let's, um, that's the hymn we'll be um, looking at, but um, let me just pray first and, and ask God's blessing to be upon us. Father, I just want to pray that you will just uh, bless your word to us, we pray. Thank you again for everything you do in our hearts and in our lives. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. A hymn, Joy to the World. You know, um, I was speaking to someone today and they were saying to me that, you know, some of my family members are not Christians, but they like singing carols. And we had a conversation and we was talking, me and Jonathan was talking, don't people really look at the words to these carols that they sing? It's just a tune to most people. But this carol here, Joy to the World, was actually written by a guy called Isaac Watts. Now, Isaac Watts um, was known, he was, a, he was a minister, but he also was a mathematician. Very bright, clever man. And Isaac Watts died in 1745. He was known as the godfather of hymns. A bit like um, James Brown, you know, the godfather of soul. You know, I feel good. Um, but he was known as the godfather of hymns. And this hymn was actually based on the Psalms, Psalm 68, Psalm 98. It's based on the Psalms, and he wrote this psalm and joy to the world. The man who put music to it was a man called, and you know that name, his name, um, Handel, who wrote Handel Messiah. He actually wrote the music to this um, hymn, joy to the world. Now, why should there be joy to the world? Why? I think some people see God as a stern, authoritarian being. And they see God as harsh and hard. And, you know, sometimes I can understand why. Because um, when you preach... You know, you have to give the bad news before you give the good news. And sometimes you give the bad news and people go away just thinking about the bad news and not remembering the good news of the gospel. So people go away in their heads thinking that God's hard. God is harsh. God is is mean. And, And they go away, but you know what? God is far more concerned about joy than anything else. Do you know, in the Old Testament, God has given his people five days, five different occasions where they should feast. It's called feast celebrations. Five times God calls his people to feast, to eat, and to drink. Five times God calls his people to dance, to make music with a tambourine and with the the, the, the string instruments. Five times there's there's mention of of joy in the Bible. It characterized characterized God. In fact, what characterized heaven? You know, the Bible says that when you get to heaven, there'll be no more crying, no more weeping, no more mourning, no more death. Even in the presence of God, there's going to be joy. Joy unspeakable. Going back to Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve was around and it was, there was, before the devil turned up, 
Adam had joy and enjoyed walking with God. So I want to tell you this morning, God is not a harsh God. God is not mean. God is more concerned about joy than what you can believe. Now, joy to the world. Why is there going to be, and why is there joy to the world? Three reasons why. First reason is this. Light has come. The reason why there's joy to the world is because God stepped into darkness. Here's the Bible verse here. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. Light has come into the world. But people, men, love darkness instead of light because the deeds are evil. Now I want to stick on the first part, but I need you to mention the second part of this verse. Men or people love darkness rather than light. Now, you know, it's such a shame that men do love darkness. It's such a shame, isn't it? That the most times when people do evil and wrong, it's normally at night. I mean, the Bible says that. It says this, you know, for those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. Yeah, I remember when Kim and I was um, having a lovely, been a lovely day in, um, who was it? It was in Kensington. And we was out there in Kensington, um, and we visited the museums, we walked around the museums, and we went into um, some of the cafes and the restaurant shops, lovely place. We was there all morning throughout the afternoon, and then around about five, six o'clock, it got getting dark. And as it was getting dark, we noticed that some odd characters start appearing in alleyways, coming out, selling drugs. We noticed that some strange men were hanging around in dark corners, and we looked at one another and we thought, I think it's time for us to go home. Because it seems to me that when nighttime came, it seems that more people seem to come out to do evil, to do wrong. I mean, we could do wrong any time of the day, but nighttime seem to, they feel that they, they, they're covered up. Over in um, Thaden Boys, I don't know if some of you who live around here, over in Thaden Boys, if you drive through Thaden Boys, there used to be a Tesco's there. Well, a few months ago, uh, about four o'clock in the morning, a gang of robbers came down and completely ripped the whole wall out. Took out the, um, the, 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 the till dispenser thing, and, and they did it at three or four in the morning. Those of you who know Thaden Boys, it's completely dark. They have no street lights down that area in, 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 in Thaden Boys. And they went in at that time and did that crime. Light. The Bible says, this is the verdict, light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light. Rather than light. But praise be to God, the verdict is this, light has come. Do you remember the days when um, we used to have blackouts? I was only a kid back then, I know some of you may not remember it, but it's a blackout. For some strange reason, your whole area went out in darkness, and your parents always knew where the candles were, and always knew where the matches were. But when the lights went out, it was madness in my house. Some of us, eight kids in my house, and, and some of us were crying. That's me, right? Because it was dark. 
Others of us was running around like mad people, excited because it was so dark, running up and down the stairs until the light came on. And when the light came on, everything went back to normal. The children who were crying stopped crying. The kids who were running around being mischievous stopped being naughty. Everything went back to normal. This is what Jesus says. Jesus says this. He spoke to them again and he said, I am the light of the world. He stepped into darkness. The reason why there's joy in the world because Jesus Christ stepped into a dark world where there was confusion, where there was sin, where there was wickedness. He stepped into a dark world where there was brokenness and there was tears and there was um, complete chaos. He stepped into a dark world and brought light. That's why there's joy to the world because Christ said, I am the light of the world. So, Isaac Watts was right. Joy to the world. Because Christ has stepped in. The second reason why there's joy to the world, not only because light has come, but it's joy to the world because life has come. Life. And not just ordinary life, but the Bible speaks of eternal life. You know, the Bible says that um, in the Old Testament, that God doesn't like the idea that people should die. Look what he says. Say to them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. You know, some Christians, you know, they, get, they don't understand God's heart. They, you know, they look at, you know, you know, other people don't like Christianity, maybe Islam or, or, or atheists or, or other, and they'll say, you know, I wish they were all just, God just send fire down from heaven or something horrible. But they don't understand God's heart. God says, I take no pleasure. I don't want to see anyone die. It's not my business, it's not my joy to see men and women die. I, I take no pleasure. You need to understand this this morning. That God takes no pleasure in anyone dying. In fact, this verse in, in Peter, in the New Testament, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That is the heart of God. He just wants everyone to come to know him, everyone to come to understand him, everyone to come to love him. He doesn't want no one to perish, no one to, he takes no pleasure in it whatsoever. Do you remember Jesus, when he was here, he weeps over Jerusalem. He goes to Jerusalem, he goes over to a hill, and he looks over at Jerusalem. The Bible says he weeps over the city of Jerusalem. But, seems to me there's joy that has come into our world. And the reason why there's joy, because the Bible turned around and says this, I have come, this is Jesus speaking, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. God says, I don't want the wicked to die. I don't want anyone to perish. I don't want anyone to turn away from me. I desire every single person to know me. Therefore, Jesus said, I have come that they may have life. 
That's why there's joy to the world, that we might have life. Now, there's two ways we can understand this life. The first way that we can understand this life is that you, right now, in this world, can be set free from chasing the things that other people chase. You understand what I'm saying? Some people are so caught up and so busy chasing things that doesn't last, chasing things that they want to get hold of. Some people are so busy in making sure their life is full of things. But you know what? Life, the Bible says, is more than clothes. And life is more than food. The chains of addiction, the chains of greed, the chains of manipulation, the chains of lust, all of these things now can be broken away from you in order that you may enjoy life just as God intended you to enjoy it. In fact, Paul says this in the New Testament. He says, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage, rubbish, trash, dumb that I may gain Christ. I love that. You know, everything, everyone chasing after, you can run after, but you know what? Real life is knowing Christ. That's what Paul is saying. I remember two guys in the New Testament, a guy called, this guy who wrote this, Paul and Silas. They were in prison for speaking about Jesus. You find that story in Acts 16. And they were being whipped. They've been whipped. They've been beaten up. And they've been put in prison. But in the middle of the night, at 12 o'clock midnight, while they were in prison, they began to start singing and praising God. Now I got thinking, what were the other prisoners saying? They must have been saying something like, are these guys foolish? I mean, they don't know where they are. They're in prison. They've just been beaten up. They're not getting out of here. They're going to stay there. They might even die in prison. What on earth are they doing singing? I can even hear the prison warden turn around saying, what foolish men have I put inside? Crazy guys. They're in prison and they're singing. But the reason why they were singing and praising God because they had a joy that the other prisoners did not know. Over in Hebrews... It says this about Christians who were persecuted and lost their possessions. Look what it says. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourself had a better and lasting possessions. You joyfully accepted confiscation of your property. What? People came into your house and took your sofa and your car and your donkey and your car or whatever it was, they came in and took it all away and you was praising God, joyfully accepting it. How is that possible? They had a joy because Christ has came. Life has come. Real life. Not the life that is given to you or, or projected by the world saying, have these things and you will have life. They had a real life. But even though these things got taken away, they were still able to be joyful. That's the life. Number one. That's the way you're looking at it. It's life now. 
somebody said a silly statement, little quirky joke, or oh, Christianity is just pie in the sky when you die. But somebody said, there's also cake on your plate while you wait. And it's true, there's a real sense that now there's joy in knowing God, number one. The second way of understanding this um, as well, you need to understand this, is that it's not only about life now, it's also about life to come. I love this verse. Let me just share this with you. It says this in Corinthians. We had, sorry, let me go back. I may not have it up there. But this is the verse. It says this. Um, oh, no, I don't have that here. It's not that one there, but it's this one right here. However, it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. I just love that. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither have it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared. God has prepared something for you, you know. If you're a born-again Christian today, God is saying, Jesus has said, I go to prepare a place for you. And you need to ask yourself a question. What is he preparing? What is he going to prepare for me? And the Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear have heard, hasn't even entered into the heart of man. You don't even understand the wonderful things that God has prepared for you. That is because life has come into the world. Joy has come into the world. Christ has come. And he said, I'm not going to give you good life now. I'm also going to give you a good life to come. Praise be to God. So, these two things so far. The reason why there's joy to the world is because light has come into a dark place. The reason why there's joy to the world is because life has come into a lifeless place. And third and finally, I will need to wrap this up because I know cooking time is important to everybody here. So let me just wrap this up. 45 minutes. Life, light, life, and lasting promise has come. Lasting promise has come. The reason why this joy to the world is because a lasting promise. Listen, when Christ came into the world, he came to walk in your shoes. He came to walk in your shoes, to experience the things you experience. To go through the things you go through. You have friendships. Jesus Christ had friendships. You had backstabbing betrayal friends in your life. Maybe you have. Jesus Christ had backstabbing betrayal friends in his life. You had laughter. Jesus had laughter. You had tears. Jesus had tears. You've lost loved ones. Jesus lost his father. 
His good friend, John the Baptist, was beheaded. Lazarus was also dead. Tears and loss and bereavement also came into Jesus' life. Jesus experienced so much of what you and I go through. And now this is what the Bible says. That he went through all these things, just like you go through, just like I go through. This is what the Bible says. Look what it says. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Here is real joy. Here is real joy. Joy has come into the world. Here is real joy. You do not have to do life on your own. You do not have to go through sorrow, pain, tears, brokenness, betrayal, disappointment, discouragement. You do not have to go through life on your own. Why? Because joy has come into the world. And the promise of that joy is right here. Jesus turning around and saying, I will never leave you alone. I've come, I've walked in your shoes. I've experienced what you've experienced. I've had the brokenness that you've had. And I'm telling you now, says the Lord, I will be with you always. Life is hard, you know. It's hard for everybody. Not just for Christians, it's hard for non-Christians. Not for just people who come to church, it's hard for those who do not come to church. Life, generally, is hard. It's, believe me, it's hard. But this is the promise, it's a lasting promise. This is the joy that in all your problems, in all your pain, in all your sadness, in all your brokenness, in all the things that you are disappointed in, he will walk with you through the storm, through the darkness, through the difficulty. He will walk with you. And don't take my word for it. Take the word of God for it. My word is, is worth nothing, really, but God's word is worth everything. And look at what the Lord turned around and says in the psalm. Taste. Taste. And see that the Lord is good. Don't take the preacher's word for it. Go out there and taste him. Say to the Lord, come into my life. The preacher said, I didn't taste you. I said, caused you to come in and, and try you out. And if I try you out, you will always prove to be faithful to me. Taste and see that the Lord is good. People sing that song, and we're going to sing it in a few moments. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. What are we singing? What is the joy that has come into the world? The joy that has come in is that one has come that brought light into a dark world. The confusion has vanished. The sin and the wickedness has been exposed. Light has come in. What is the joy that has come into the world? Life has come into the world. Not just life now, in the 21st century, in 2018, 2019, not just life now, but life everlasting has come into the world. Abundant life. Joy has come into the world. Why? Because of a lasting promise. My dear friends, says the Lord, wherever you go through, 
be sure. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Whatever joy you may have, I've experienced that joy. That laughter, yes, I know that laughter as well. It's in my heart too. But that pain and that sadness and that sorrow, yes, I know that too. I have experienced that myself. Yes, I will never leave you. I've experienced it. I've come into the world for that reason. That I might know how you suffer and share, not only in your joys, but also share in your pain. That's the joy. And we're going to sing that song, and we're going to worship the Lord. But maybe we're going to sing it with a little bit of a different meaning. Maybe we're going to sing it with a little bit more joy. Yes, the Lord has come. Praise be to God. Let us pray. Let's bow our heads. Lord, I just want to thank you and praise you and worship you, Lord. Because this day signifies and reminds us that you were interested in this world. Somehow the light has gone out, Lord. Somehow Satan has come in and robbed this world of the light that you once had when you created it. But now the true light has come. May he shine his light on our lives and in our lives. May this Christmas time not just be another time of just celebration with the family, but may it be a time of celebration with you, enjoying the fact that you have shined a light in our lives. Thank you. Thank you so much for the good news of Christmas. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.